another movie review podcast. At least it's better than a car crash. And we'll do it some funny ads. Talking movies and having a blast. It's the Beaded Podcast. It's the Beaded Podcast. Welcome to Beat It Movie Reviews, everybody. I'm Korean immigrant Joe Cabello, and this is Exorcist farmer chris asoda <laughs> hey how's it going pretty good we are here to review uh, the new movie uh by lee isaac chung minari uh about a korean family starting a farm in 1980s arkansas that's really the imdb listing right there and it's not untrue uh, but before we get into uh, reviewing that movie and talking about what food it reminds us of, let's go into what we've been watching. Chris, should we start with the famous segment, the Joe and Chris WandaVision Wand Uh Yeah, definitely. All right, let's talk about it. This is uh, entering spoilers. I said last week that I would put the timestamp for the thing i never did never did you know why because we had to stop a few times because of some internet issues so then yeah. the timestamps i wrote down were wrong anyways people ah. sorry about that email if it's a problem but uh, uh it's starting now i'll try to do it this time if you don't see the timestamps okay but uh <laughs> this is episode eight of wandavision now, this episode broke away from the format of following a TV show or a sitcom-style format. What did you think of this episode, Chris? Yeah, they didn't do, they didn't stick to the sitcom, and it upset me to the point that I don't want to watch the show anymore. <laughs> wow. What a betrayal. So, I, <laughs> I'm not as extreme as that, but I was a little upset. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely kidding, but... I am, yeah, kind of just disappointed that it seemed like they just had all these clever ways to to s- sneak it in there. And in this episode, they're like, this is where the real show starts. It's like, what? what is this? Come on. Yeah, like, couldn't you have found a way to do it? In, in the you know what, it, what the problem was is they didn't, they ran out of decades to mimic. I think there's something to that. They should have just stick to like a, like a seven episode season that way when they started in the 50s yeah it would have been fine you know (laughs) yeah and i think also we are at a point where it it makes sense it does narratively make sense why we wouldn't be seeing any more sitcom stuff but in some ways like it would be so fun that i don't care and especially since three of the it's it was like three possible different tv show formats they could have done with the three flashbacks that comprise the episode so uh-huh. they could have like had a lot of fun, but yeah, actually, I mean, sticking to their source, how they're doing the TV shows, the Salem witch trial event was a very shitty version of uh, Young Sheldon or Young Rose. <laughs> That's what they're trying to adapt, and it didn't. Work and well it, yeah, it just didn't quite land, but they tried. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it and for a second I actually thought it was like, is this a CW style like thing that they're doing when it started with the witch burning? But I was like, no, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do that. 
Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I I do think though if they did do more of a in a TV thing, it might take away from what is great about the episode, which is the emotional gut punch and us really knowing what Wanda is all about. Which I think it's easy to have like said, oh yeah, of course, like she would want not want to lose Vision. Um, uh, like even look at her history, but I think this episode did a really good job of like making you feel why she made every decision she made. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely. They they kind of just tack on their relationship in the movies, and you're like, I don't know these characters at all. But they're together now, okay. Yeah, so, I think I remember and, in the movies the when they first like have a moment. It's the moment that they uh, flash back to, sort uh-huh. of in the in this episode where Vision like comes into her room and is like, "Yeah, you couldn't sleep or whatever." And I remember just seeing that and being like, "What's happening with these two characters? <laughs> are they are they doing something? How? Why <laughs> did this happen?" Uh, so, yeah, it does fill in a lot of the spots and just gives a great history to why, like, she's just, like, fucking sick of losing people. So yeah. sick of it. Yeah. So I did um, I did really like the episode, but uh, it, I can't yeah. help but feel like, oh, if this show is going to continue... Um, are we losing like part a big part of why we really like it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting because I think I enjoyed this episode the most of all the episodes because obviously it's like the one with the most meat on it story wise. Mm-hmm. It's actually like doing stuff with the characters that's not just a joke of a of a TV show. Yeah, um, but I, I did definitely did enjoy. All the character moments, and I, I really like that they showed her and Vision's relationship. And you're like, "Oh, this is cute. Like, good for them. Mm-hmm. I hope she gets him back, uh, even though he's but, uh, dead. Yeah, he is dead. But I mean, she she could just be into ghosts too. She's a witch, you know. They got the. Do you like the Salem <laughs> witch trial in the beginning, where they're uh, the Marvel's take on what happened in uh, during Salem witch trials where all women were judge, jury, executioner and executed just like in uh, historical, uh, yeah, historical. Yeah. Fact, I, I don't know what was going on with that. Cause I just assumed there was like some Marvel thing I was missing. Uh-huh. But yeah, that is kind of like interesting to <laughs> No, It was women against women. That's and, what the and they Salem were all was. witches. Yeah. That's how it actually happened. It wasn't it was like, us oh, yeah. uh, killing women just because we couldn't yeah. handle our own desires. It was the women being truly witches. Yeah, uh, I and I don't know anything about the witch history in Marvel. I don't know if you do. Uh, not not really. Not other than whatever's on these YouTube videos that are like hundred and. 50,000 things you might have missed in this last episode. Oh, but by God. the way, those the those videos, the ones that I watched that are, you know, fairly popular ones, they were like two of them were like 27 minutes, which is like longer than the episode. <laughs> so I was like what's going on here? Uh, that that's uh, called YouTube monetization algorithm. <laughs> 
yet. The one thing I do want to complain a little bit about this episode is Catherine Hahn. I don't think they gave her much in this episode. It's right. A, it's I, very like anyone could have been delivering the line she was delivering. Any character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting because the last episode they set up like it was her the whole time, and she's like this larger than life character. And then then in this episode they portray her like they're like pumping the brakes on like she's actually the villain and they're like no 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 actually how did you do it yeah she's like how did you do it and she's so obsessed with that that you're like wait are you like yeah it's like you're very strong your character seemed interesting because you were like i know everything that's going on and actually i've been fucking around with you the whole time and then yeah this episode she's like what is going on can you please explain it to me you're like, well, there's all your power gone and your mystery. And, yeah, yeah, you're nothing now. Yeah, that yeah. that kind of irked me about it. And I'm sure, you know, it's just playing with giving more weight to um, Wanda of the story. But, well, yeah, for such a big reveal of the Agatha yeah. character, yeah, you're like, okay, Agatha was not there this episode. Yeah, and, and they, like, reveal that like yeah she has nothing to do with really what's going on she's just there kind of trying to poke around and figure out what's going on oh yeah exactly she's like oh yeah i I saw that you did this so i came to check it out like what (laughs) what about agatha all along yeah no that's agatha some of the time (laughs) occasionally (laughs) uh yeah the so that it reminds me too of like the reasons I didn't like Age of Ultron, and that so her character I don't know if what they're trying to do if they're trying to paint her as a villain in that last episode then in this episode kind of throw in some mysteries and then the next episode maybe she's not the true villain still somehow yeah and she's like gonna help her but because it's like Catherine Hahn's character just when she's doing her stuff in the last episode that was great so hopefully she can do something like that in this episode next one but it's gonna be the final one so it's it's like it's too late to do some sort of villain reveal in yeah just the last episode like that's and i boring. i don't want to go through and like think who's the character we set up that's yeah. been there the whole time uh i am just enjoying the cards as they play um but yeah overall did enjoy it but yeah it, it was kind of an agatha letdown but i wasn't so like hyped on agatha harkness anyway if anybody yeah. remembers from last week's episode <laughs> yeah uh, just real quick i wanted to talk though about age of ultron and how the ending of that movie sucked and why ultron sucks because his master plan in the middle of the movie was to put himself inside vision. Like that was like his, his ultimate goal was I have this new vibranium body. It can phase through things. It I'm going to be in that body and that will be my purest form. And then in the middle of the movie, they steal the body back and then create vision who then fights Ultron. So it's like, he's like his master plan is now against him on top of his, of the Avengers, yeah, they, it's just like what? The, the Ultron's just weaker and weaker. Make a reversal, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't remember that one much. Uh, I I have been considering rewatching all the Avengers ones just from because of WandaVision and it, I think I've seen them mm-hmm. all only once. Okay. Um, may- I think yeah, maybe Age twice. Of Ultron's probably the one I've seen the least. But uh, a lot of people, I guess, I think it's like everyone's least favorite one. But then there's lots of people who are like, it's great though. It's just they're all so good. But uh, <laughs> I think right. the action is good, but the story is very lacking in that one. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Any final thoughts on the Swan Division? Yeah, I don't know, man. It'd be cool. Wouldn't it be cool if in the next episode they do go back to some sort of TV show style? It wouldn't totally surprise me. I, I think that would be cool. I think it's totally possible since they are still in the world that Wanda created. Um, Mm -hmm. But the fact that they've already revealed like all the shows, you know, like that she was inspired by that. What show is left? She's like, this episode is going to be like the show WandaVision. (laughs) It's show within a genre within genre. Uh, but yeah, that might go that way. I don't think it will, just because like there's so many things to wrap up that are in the present. Yeah. Yeah. But still, should so be so many exciting. characters that weren't in the last episode that have things to do and and yeah. storylines to uh, complete. But and okay, so actually, before we move on, there's the two boys, her sons. Uh huh. And I've seen people really like hype that up is like oh we've got the new kids in the marvel universe you know those guys and then uh um hawkeye's daughter and there was someone else but like they're not real right yeah uh, the, <laughs> the uh in the comics it's like she makes she creates them and then at some point there's a character that's like actually they're just your creations they're not real okay so i think agatha even says something like she's talking about how like you've created life yeah well and that's the thing with the show is like it shows that that those creations have nothing to do with agatha and that's why agatha was like whoa this is some crazy shit you're doing and uh yeah in in the comics they they did a story where they're like oh they're not real but then also they brought them back as like real so okay good because so, yeah. i was I'm like sure that kind of sucks <laughs> i was like that yeah, sucks for it these would kids really suck who are like i'm it, part of the marvel like, universe rewatching it <laughs> rewatching it and then being like oh these these guys actually are meaningless imaginary characters yeah. for a season of a show which also like the first episode they're there that's what i thought but then they become such a part of the show that you're like Okay. Yeah. These guys real. I guess they, they did still come need to from age her. them up to like teenagers too. So that'll I wonder if they'll do that in this next episode or maybe in a movie later on or something. Yeah. I wonder if they've even casted them. We'll see. So that's the yeah. Wanda Vision Wanda Long. That's we're over talking about it, so you guys are safe. 13, 15 minutes in. Uh, let's move on from that. Chris, what else have you been watching? Uh, this week I watched Mandy. I watched that because I hadn't watched it. Oh, yes, that's right. Because uh, when we recently did... What was the Willy's movie? Wonderland. Yeah, Willy's Wonderland. I had called it uh, Mandy in a 
uh, Chuck E. Cheese, uh, but you hadn't watched mm-hmm. it. Yeah, what did you think of Mandy? Yeah, uh, I thought it's very cool. The movie's like just very style, like hyper stylistic and moody atmosphere over everything else, you know? Yeah, there you really could cut just... a good like hour and 20 minutes from that movie <laughs> and story wise, yeah. lose nothing. Yeah, uh, but uh, definitely glad I watched it. Very cool. W- one of the cooler movies of that style recently just because of how hardcore it stuck to the style that i don't know the director wanted it's just very cool visually but also at the same time i, th- I felt like it was hard to see things because everything was just red and black mm, right <laughs> yeah. how, and how, what was your experience watching it because i'll tell you how i watched it I think it was my friend's projector screen in his apartment. Oh, oh. And that might have been fucked. You know, com- no, it, it was actually like it was sick because it was like bright because it um he has Oh, okay. It was kind of like an like industrial really projector. Yeah, in an industrial style oh, okay. apartment. Um super bright. Everything's dark. Loud audio. It felt very theatrical, while if I, like, watched Lots it on my drugs. computer screen, yeah, I was probably stoned yeah. or something. But, yeah, if I watched <laughs> it on my computer screen, it probably wouldn't have been the same effect. So how what was your experience, too? I mean, the monitor that I have is, like, I don't know, good good quality or whatever, 2K monitor with, like, fancy colors and stuff. But uh, it it looked good. It's just... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it would look better if I had it on. I'm sure it would look better if I had it like on Blu-ray instead of a digital copy. I think it's to the immersion too of just like that's one of those movies that does help from just being like, let me look at a big thing in front of me, every other yeah. light off. Yeah, yeah that, it's definitely a movie that would have benefited from seeing in a theater, a big giant screen in a pitch black room. Yeah. Because there's, like, long moments of just, like, music and color. Yeah, and then, so the other thing is, like, that Cheddar Goblin video in the movie Mm -hmm. that you have talked about before and bought the the macaroni from. Yeah, yeah, I still have one box left. (laughs) That video is, was done by the guy that did Too Many Cooks. Oh, cool. He did that, and it's this guy who has a YouTube channel called Tutorial. That's what he did before he got uh, with Cartoon Network, and it's like these really weird tutorials that are very bizarre and nonsensical, but they all seem to have this like story where it's like a person doing these YouTube videos that's like being held prisoner, but can't talk about it, mm-hmm. but can only make these videos. And then, like, sometimes they'll use their hands and they'll have, like, really long fingers or, like, nails and, like, re- weird creepy <laughs> shit. It's, like, really a cool uh, YouTube channel that you should definitely check out. And what out. did you say that was but, called again? Uh, it's called Alan Tutorial. Cool. On YouTube. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so but, yeah. Mandy. Cool movie. Yeah, yeah. it is It is very vibey, so uh, I w- always with that movie I would suggest really focusing and putting it loud too yeah yeah the music and everything is so awesome yeah but kind of a, a slow first half from what yeah. i remember 
All right, cool. Uh, this week I watched um, The Crude's The New Age. This is I saw it in the drive-in last night. Uh, and The Crude's The New Age is the second Crude's movie. I had never seen the first Crude's movie. <laughs> I, uh, I only watched it, uh, or we only watched that movie because um, it was like the Billie Eilish documentary, Tom and Jerry... Or, uh, like, a movie I had seen already. Uh, or The Crudes. So we went and saw The Crudes. And uh, we were about 20 minutes late. 20 or 25 minutes late. Uh, but I will say, the back hour that I saw uh, was really good. It was very funny. Uh, so I really enjoyed okay. it. It's got a bunch of actors. I didn't know they were in it. Like Emma Stone, Ryan Reynolds... Nick Cage, Mandy's Nick Cage, oh, yeah. Catherine Keener, and then P- Peter Dinklage is in this one. Uh, and I really don't know. I don't even know if Ryan Reynolds is in the first one. Like, I don't know anything about the Croods at all. But, um, yeah, the humor was really funny. They have these things called punch monkeys that they talk by punching. So you can imagine, or they communicate by punching. So you can imagine, like, the, the gags that happen there. <laughs> Uh, it, it's times it kind of felt like not that big of a story, but I think a lot of that has to do with me missing the first 20 minutes, <laughs> you know, like it, okay. we were just kind of like in the second act by the time okay. we, uh, we went and saw it. Uh, but that being said, I, yeah, I just thought it was really funny. Uh, pretty good. I will check out the first crudes. Have you ever seen any of those? Um, I think I saw the first Crudes like when it first came out. Twenty thirteen, uh, a long time ago. Yeah, I must have seen it like then because I think I wa- I played it for kids where I worked for that youth center, but um, I, I don't remember it like at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I w- it's do. It's interesting. Check it it took them that long to make a sequel. It too. is because I looked it up while we were like waiting in line to to get through the drive through and. I was like, when it was the first Crudes? 2013. I was like, oh, that is a, a long time. It makes you wonder, were people asking for the Crudes? Yeah. Did people really I... like it that much? I can't remember that far back, but uh, it definitely felt unique. Like the humor felt um, funny in a way that uh, I, w- I could see if the humor in the first one is anything like it. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why people liked it. Because it is kind of like just being so totally goofy, weird. Uh, is the cr- is the humor very crude? Oh, like not at all. Ah. No. What? <laughs> well, what the hell? <laughs> uh, no, of course it is. Lots of farts and <laughs> things of that nature. Uh, there's a wig, a flying wig. Lots of fun stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the crude's the new age. I would recommend it. Uh, what else have you been watching, Chris? Uh, I watched one other thing this week, something that I believe you also watched, which is uh, The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's one thing I wanted to talk about. I also did watch this. Uh want yeah. to tell everybody what that movie is. Sure, yeah. It's uh, Palm Springs, but with kids <laughs> in high school. Yes, uh, yeah, it's, it's, and it's, it's a Amazon Groundhog's Prime, Day right? style movie. Yeah, Amazon Prime exclusive streaming free. Uh, yeah, it's it's about two high school 
kids that get stuck in a time loop, a Groundhog's Day time loop. So many time loop movies coming out late now. It's pretty sick. Yeah, I'm down. I'm still down for them. I think Mm -hmm. they still, like, you can tell by a trailer if you want to see one or not, you know. Yeah. And skip the ones you don't want to see. And also, like, at this point now, it's, like, in a style that they adapt to each genre. There's, like, horror Groundhog's Day movies. Like, Happy Death Day. And then this one's, like, a, a young adult romantic comedy. Yeah. Or just, you know, like... It's like a yeah, yeah. What well, Palm Springs cool. was like hard comedy. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. So I uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Sci-fi action. action. Yeah. That's the thing about this movie is it is so close to Palm Springs Groundhog's Day. So specifically, like mm-hmm. you said, because it is about two people being stuck in there. Um, which I guess that is, uh, Edge of Tomorrow um, is a bit of that, or is kind that, of, but yeah. uh, it, it seems to be kind of less the f- focus because it's about saving the world in a way, and they trade <laughs> yeah. it. You know that they're going to like trade trade it off. Um, but yeah, this, is, this movie I told you to watch, or I suggested it because I, I had seen it, What did and I liked it. What did you think of it? Yeah, uh, I also liked it a lot. I thought it it's just like a very pleasant movie and none of it felt like i don't know like bullshit it was like very uh heartfelt and genuine and didn't get too cheesy or or anything like that yeah and that being said it is very young adult yeah like it's super young adult like if you're a uh a young adult you're probably like have crushes on the characters and like you know it's it's that um so that it is cheesy in that degree i would say mm-hmm. in that it's not a palm springs but uh but yeah it is like it feels really fun and fresh yeah it's like um who's that director that writer is it john green that does all those young adult uh-huh movies it's like if he did a groundhog's day movie oh yeah it feels exactly like that and it is of that ilk of movies too i believe it is based off a book and even has the font and the title that those like books have (laughs) the map of tiny perfect things um catherine newton in this with uh co-starring with a guy who i i'm not familiar with yeah I, i know him from uh there's a Hulu show that he was like the son character on with Aaron Paul about a religious uh, cult. Okay. The I, path. The path. The path. Yeah, yeah. I never saw it, but um, okay. Yeah. But yeah, Catherine Newton, I'm a big fan of. Um, she's great in it. And this movie definitely has a lot of uh, interesting turns that keep the movie mm-hmm. fresh. Yeah. Yeah. The, I don't I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, this is a movie I would say, like, go check it out. Because I think there is stuff that is a bit spoilable to it that make it uh, fresh. Yeah, to to comment on that, there's, like, character motivations of, like, why they want to figure out how to get out of a time loop or they don't want to get out of a time loop. And at the beginning of the movie, I'm like, this person's 
not going to have a good enough reason to uh, not just say what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I, and I don't think they do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they think. But uh, do, do you agree with that? I, I kind of just felt like. <laughs> I well, thought it was funny. Like it, you're being very secretive about something that you don't need to be secretive. Well, yeah, about, she I feel like didn't need to be secretive about it. Yeah, it's like yeah, and tell him. And also, like it, the, her reasoning is completely reasonable. So it was like, mm-hmm. why are you so afraid to just? talk about this for drop for movie drama is the only reason yeah yeah um but yeah map uh, but of tiny perfect is, oh go ahead sorry comparing it to palm springs i also just liked the ending better i think in terms of a general audience being understanding of like how a uh groundhog's day style universe works and how to get out of it or find a way out or something it's like right it's interesting that they had like an actual uh, like an actual answer <laughs> even though it's you know it's, it is whatever between each movie yeah it is a bit science versus magic yeah type of uh, way out of it which it i think there is it really is a way to prove that these movies still have so many ways to go because like palm springs chooses an ending path that is totally different than than this one and that could change that would change character motivations change all these things within the movie cascading down to the beginning so there's still so many ways to go so even though i think that we did laugh upon seeing this trailer and being like this is palm strings what the fuck um i think i'll i'm uh, I will probably balk less at the next Palm Springs Groundhog Day trailer that I see at because oh. this movie ended up being so good. Oh, yeah. Uh, the thing is, like, I never thought that this movie was going to be bad. I just thought it was hilarious that, you know, six months later, another Groundhog's Day movie is coming out where two characters are both stuck inside. Yeah. You know, it's just like that was like the unique take of Palm Springs that happens in um, in this movie too so i just felt like as them as creators coming out with it being like seeing palm springs while they're probably filming this movie and then being like oh fuck yeah this everyone's just gonna compare it to us but uh but yeah Yeah. i i I thought it still looked good and you know Catherine newton's always been uh fun to watch since we saw her in freaky and all that stuff but pokemon yeah yeah pokemon um yeah, I think it, it's definitely a, just a good time for a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on Amazon Prime, they're throwing out those movies, Bliss, the hit Bliss, and now this. <laughs> From Bliss to This is what they're calling it these days. Uh, any other thoughts about the map of Tiny Perfect Things? Um, No. And I will say, I watched it with uh, my girlfriend, Andy, and the amount of map of tiny perfect ween jokes that i said and other things <laughs> uh just every time i said i had a chance to say the movie's title the map of tiny perfect peens just anything <laughs> all right and you said awesome. that was the only other thing you watched yeah Cool. I, I just got a few. Uh, I'll talk briefly about an anime that just popped up on Netflix, High Rise Invasion. 
this is an anime where a girl wakes up on the roof of a tall building and these people in masks are coming to kill her and she has to escape and find her brother uh so it's kind of like a horror premise but put into an anime um and but there's a lot of action with it because some of the guy killer guys have guns other ones knives um so i've only got about an episode and a half or two episodes in uh but it does seem fun and interesting Uh, i want to see where it goes uh, but I always uh, like to see kind of a horror premise play out into an anime and see the kind of crazy places they take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard about it at all before, Chris? No, no, I actually have, haven't heard about this at all. Did it, it came out this week? I think so, because it just popped up. I hadn't seen it before in my Netflix and just popped up. Um, I think all the episodes are out. Okay, cool. But yeah, it's pretty cool. cool. Uh, so I would classic, recommend checking uh, that out. She's like wearing a classic like schoolgirl anime outfit. Yeah, school schoolgirl schoolgirl uh, getting attacked by killers in a classic <clears throat> outfit. What more could why why do you think I clicked it? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's High Rise Invasion. Check it out on Netflix. It's uh, bloody, gory, action packed. Uh, I also watched a new show on Netflix called Canine Intervention. And oh. this movie, or this show, sorry, is kind of, the best way I can describe it is a, a dog training show, but it's like the queer eye for the straight guy of dog training shows in that uh-huh. they really, like, get to the heart of the owner and the dog, and, like, it's emotional as it is instructive. Because, uh, like, if you... You, when you watch Queer for the Straight Guy, not only do you get some tips on, like, how to dress and this, but you're like, okay, this person isn't dressing well because this. And um, it's really interesting. It's this guy who has a, a business in Oakland that trains dogs, and he, like, seriously, tr- he trains attack dogs, defense dogs, and also just uh, troublesome dogs. So um, it tracks one dog and one owner throughout the episodes and i really dig this show the only reason i haven't like binged through them is because i don't want to get rid i don't want to end them i don't want to like savor them because they're really cool have you seen this pop up on your feed at all chris i have not actually but this sounds awesome. How many episodes? I think there? there's six total, and they're a half hour, oh, okay. half hour or 45, 40 minutes. Um, and the guy's really cool. It As someone who has a new puppy, it's really fun to watch to get these tips and stuff uh, about how to train your dog. And we've been using them, so that's been fun. Uh, and oh, a cool. lot of the stories are good and very, like, different stories. Uh-huh. It's not always the same note of... You know, do do any of them end where they're trying to make uh like does he train police dogs too? Uh, I don't think police dogs, but uh, home defense dogs and bodyguard dogs and stuff. So okay. like private defense. If I know, isn't it a thing where like if they those dogs like fuck up in their training, they like get rid of them? I'm not sure, but I the first episode I will say there it's kind of the the threat is if this dog they're working with 
uh-huh. can't get through his training, then they have uh-huh. no choice but to, they have to put him down. Put him down, yeah. And not every episode is like that, but uh, yeah, it, it is kind of okay. something that they yeah, address. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was like, this is not some jokey shit. Sometimes when they oh, and it goes ser- training them for serious things like that. They're it like, gets serious. They have like zero tolerance. Yeah, there's an episode where they go to his friend who I don't know who it his friend does or a client slash friend who um, has a lot of money, so he has a he gets an attack dog from him and they're doing the like tune up training. Cause they say you have to train, retrain these dogs like four times a year to keep them Holy shit. tight. So he was doing one of his visits and training with the dog. And like these dogs are, they're serious. Damn. Uh, so yeah, I'd really, I really suggest that, especially if you have a dog or love dogs. Yeah, that's a, the other thing though. Like, what if you love dogs so much that you think that having an attack dog is like fucking the worst thing in the world? <laughs> I feel like that's just such a fucked up thing to do to dogs is put them between you and something that you want to. That's yeah. People like. But yeah, the the God. way those when you see that them work, you're like these dogs have nothing to worry about. Yeah. They're so fast and and strong, like. It's, it's done, and they're happy to do it. Yeah. There is that the latent desire of all dogs is just to fucking tear apart people. So they're like, yeah, we're just giving them what they want in a controlled manner. <laughs> yeah, they want they want to be have an owner to tell them to tear apart stuff. So it's like they yeah. want both things. They want to be controlled, <laughs> but the control is like whether or not they is get to chaotic. kill something. And they and they just want to be told good boy after they do kill something. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> My dream is, is now complete. Uh, so yeah, canine adventure intervention, uh, and then uh, the last thing I watched is a new big release. That sorry folks, but we're not gonna make it our big review on our show. But it's Tom and Jerry, the brand new Tom and Jerry on HBO Max. This is their uh, March release movie, I think. Part of their plan to do uh, Warner Brothers releases on uh, on HBO Max, I believe it is. Uh, So this is based off the classic Tom and Jerry cartoon. And um, so I didn't necessarily enjoy this movie. I think there are some funny parts to it. It has some good humor, but I think overall, like, the world is a little too weird for me. And I'll give you an example. Tom and Jerry, like, do violent acts towards each other. That's kind of the 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 joke of many of these cartoons. And the thing is, like, uh, Jerry the mouse will do something like hit Tom over the head with the steel beam, causing tom's head to go inside of his torso and that's like that can that can be like just a gag and funny but the people the humans that see it they react like oh my god like they (laughs) they react like they just witnessed a horrifying accident so it's really weird to like you're like okay i don't know what's going on and then there's um animals all the animals are animated 
and they can all talk except for Tom and Jerry. So it's just all strange Whoa. and looks a little weird because like the whenever the Looney Tunes and stuff are in movies, you're like, OK, well, this is a, it's always a world where the Looney Tunes exist. So you're just like, OK, but this isn't like a world where they're they are a cartoon cat and cartoon mouse. Like they're just supposed to be a real. They're just normal. Yeah. Mouse and cat. Yeah. And there's other cats that huh. like people are walking around carrying, and you're like, that's not a cat. And you guys are acting like they're not cartoons. You're acting like this yeah. cat's head really went inside of his torso. <laughs> what the? Fuck? It's really that's weird. Really bizarre. And I, I guess that my biggest problem with it is that Colin Jost doesn't need to be in this movie. So Colin <laughs> Jost, this movie also is like barely about Tom and Jerry. It's about Chloe Grace Moretz mm. and also Colin Jost and his bride to be. It's like okay. Chloe Grace Moretz lies about who she is to work at a hotel while this wedding is getting planned for Colin Jost. For people who don't wow. know, Colin Jost is the head writer of Saturday night live. Mm-hmm. And like we just, he doesn't need to be in movies. It's okay. <laughs> he doesn't need to be it. He's not Did great. Did he write the movie? I don't know. He he really like it could have been anybody else. It should have been someone else. <laughs> He's not great. He's, he definitely didn't write the movie. And so the whole oh. movie, I think it's just weird because I don't know who, like, wants a Tom and Jerry movie, but it just doesn't feel enough like a Tom and Jerry movie anyway. Uh, and I it guess, feels like, like... some movie with, like, Tom and Jerry added to it. Yeah. And they, they play their parts, certainly, but it still, it just doesn't seem to feel like they're their movie. And I get it because they can't talk, so it is nice to have the story center around a char- characters who can talk and then have Tom and Jerry just kind of on the periphery. Um, but there's a lot of weird choices, like a, a ballad sung by Tom in auto tune uh, to another cat where he's like belting about little girl. He's going little girl, little girl. And it just feels all so strange uh, so yeah, I I don't know who does the voice of him when he's singing. I don't know who it is. It's like Jason Derulo auto-tuned or something. <laughs> I don't even know. It's the only time that those characters talk is if they sing like that. I wouldn't recommend it. I think there's a lot of people like shitting on it ever since they saw the trailer, and I I don't think it's like unwatchable. It just is like pretty missable. Okay. It's just not anything great. Yeah, and not even that. Like, just... You you could totally miss it. Oops. Messing with the dog. You know what's funny? On the, the IMDb, it has Tom and Jerry's actors listed as just Tom and Jerry. So funny of them. But it has, like, a thing for them. That's funny. They paid a lot for that. But yeah, Tom and Jerry. Jerry's been busy, dude. He's got a lot of movie credits here. I'm just kidding. kidding. There's and there's um, 
there are some funny jokes in it. I can't remember any of them. So, uh, but it, it's obviously <laughs> a, a family movie. So, so would it be worth watching a cut that's just all the Tom and Jerry moments without anything else? No, because I don't even think those the gags that they do for Tom and Jerry are that great. They didn't feel like iconic or like particularly clever. So yeah, I don't, I don't think I think that would actually make it worse. <laughs> what about a cut that's just all of Colin Joseph's Colin Joseph's scenes? Well, there is a joke where they uh, he shows that he bought a skateboard with Wi-Fi on it, and then they ask why would a skateboard skateboard need wi-fi and he says why the fi not <laughs> and uh this the wi-fi skateboard does come in later what well, what exactly is a wi-fi skateboard because i don't it I just don't understand I, I don't it the movie doesn't do a great job of explaining that uh-huh. but it's just a skateboard that has wi-fi on it so that they could okay, play so music it's like a like it could play so music it's a Bluetooth and shit. speaker sort of yeah because seeing a, a, a skateboard has Wi-Fi, I'm assuming they mean like one of those 3G hotspot pucks. Yeah, it kind of works like that. People. That way they can contact someone while they ride it or some shit. Like that's uh-huh. as much as why it had to exist. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. It's not great. It's like the Yogi Bear movie level of of like, why did you do this? It is, but did did it have a poster that was as good as Good Things Come in Bears? <laughs> that is good. Because I think that trumps anything that <laughs> Tom and Jerry has done. Good Thing Come in Jairs? <laughs> Alright, so that's what I've been watching. Tom and Jerry, not a hard recommend. But why don't we get into our review? Of our feature movie, Minari. Alright, we are going to do our feature review of Lee Isaac Chung's Minari. This movie is about a Korean family that starts a farm in 1980s Arkansas. I believe as we speak, this just won uh, Best Foreign Language Film. So, there you go. Congrats. Yeah. So we're really doing it uh, at the Golden Globes. So uh, this is a winner. And that's our review of Minari. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Chris, what did you think of Minari? And what food if can you think about? um... (laughs) Not describing anything well. Uh, I, I like this movie a lot. I've been looking forward to it, but they ke- they kept like releasing it everywhere but digitally, and they had like a digital release that was like some sort of limited thing I think at one point. So I I was like, oh, it's finally there, and checked, and it wasn't. Um, yeah, I had heard people like yeah. like almost like how some of those theater runs will go, um, where yeah. they're we kind of like miss them for months or weeks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm definitely a big fan of Steven Yeun, and I just was stoked to see something that 
was like a very serious movie family drama uh but yeah i i thought it was like uh you know like a lovely time of a movie <laughs> i just and i enjoyed it a lot a lot of these movies um are like i feel like like these style movies are always intimidating because you're like oh man i'm gonna have a lot of like self-reflection of my own family and it's going to be very emotional mm-hmm. and I, I like there is that with this movie but i felt i feel like it wasn't this movie doesn't go to any place i feel like most movies like this do where it's like just some sort of devastating thing mm-hmm. that like hits you to your core i feel like this movie is a lot more lighthearted than that and i appreciate that about it yeah yeah totally it does a lot of things that uh, or it doesn't do a lot of things that a movie like this could or would do that yeah, for no. dramatic uh, for being a more dramatic story that actually like I'm glad it didn't yeah yeah it's just like it's cool how it's very uh, an adult look at like a relationship where they're having problems but it's not some sort of crazy uh out of this world event it's just people struggling to get on their feet and you know find common ground with each other yeah it's not the devil all the time korea <laughs> yeah so yeah, in, in so, similar locations yeah. too settings i forget where devil all the time not arkansas but close oh yeah um so maybe yeah. they those characters actually cross paths uh, I hope not for the sake of this, <laughs> this wonderful family in this movie. Um, yeah, any uh, <laughs> final thoughts? Did you have a food? Um, I'm just going to go with uh, I make, I've make. i learned growing up how to make uh, Korean beef short ribs. So I'm just going to relate it to this movie. Always been a solid staple of uh, my family's cooking. I feel like this movie is very... Uh, kind of heartwarming and uh you know i don't know just solid yeah solid as a short rib as the middle of a short rib um yeah (laughs) i also really liked this movie this movie had been getting a lot of buzz it wasn't it was on my radar in that i was like i have a feeling this is going to be good because Everybody who I respect is saying it's really good. Um, but uh, this this movie suffered from my not watching trailers because I couldn't okay. get like so excited about it. I really had no idea what it would look like, what it would feel okay. like, anything about it. Um, so that's one, you know, that's one reason why I need to watch a few more trailers or at least the first 20 (laughs) seconds, just to at least get like a color palette, (laughs) you Uh know, not going in completely blind. Um, yeah, but watching it, I'm so glad we chose it to, to talk about just so I could really like focus watching this and put it quick or put it, uh, uh, quicker on my watch list. Because I did really enjoy it. I have also, I wanted to mention, like we had brought up with Mandy, like how you watched it. And I have been noticing these movies that I watch Saturday nights, start them around 10, stay up a little bit later than I 
I normally would. Yes, I'm uh, Saturday night. I'm usually going to bed somewhat <laughs> early, but pretty early. Um, yeah, it's like those movies. There's something about that time and that like experience has been really good for fostering the movies that I watch then. So I did it then and it was just such a lovely night. St- the mo- Within the first few minutes of the movie, I was like, oh, fuck. I'm like, this is going to go somewhere kind of like deep. This is either going to yeah. be tragic or it's just going to like touch on something deep. It's going to do something. So the food this reminds me of is I will actually uh, do the Korean tapoke, the spicy rice cakes. Because that's one of my favorite foods. It's a comfort food. Mm-hmm. But when I'm going to eat it, I'm like, okay, I am eating this thing. Like, <laughs> it's hot. It's spicy. I'm going to, like, eat way more than I should. And I'm going to, like, pay for it thinking about it later and feeling it later. So that's mm-hmm. what this movie is like. Um, so, yeah, really loved it. I would recommend getting it. I think this is one of those movies that... Uh, you could watch with anybody because uh, it is so universal uh, worth yeah. touching on. Yeah. It's just, it is, it sits in a weird category where it's an incredibly American movie spoken completely in Korean for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, there was some controversy of it being uh, labeled in award shows foreign film or something. I'm not sure. Oh, really? Yeah, something to that effect. Um, When really, like, this is... It's not a foreign film. It's a foreign language film. And maybe that was... uh, Maybe that's what it was. Who knows? But it is, like, just this truly family. Every family. You can... I I saw a lot of... Not my family in this, but the feelings. You know? It's like, even if my family and my experiences weren't like that specifically it's the feelings uh that you kind of get from it like of the grandparents and yeah kind of it makes you reflect on your relationship with the grandparents because what it's showing of that relationship is so honest and interesting uh so i would say go rent it it just won awards so probably worth it chris what would you say before we get (laughs) into spoilers for people about this movie yeah um, you know, like we've said, I guess it's just a very solid family drama. Um, that's, there's a lot to reflect on your own family in it. And it's not some sort of like giant tragedy of a, of a drama. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot more of like a pleasant watch with a lot of, uh, the shots are like really pretty too and the colors are like a lot of pastels and stuff yeah for being what is a shitty environment yeah like kind of drab and shitty but uh it finds its own like beauty and look in that yeah and the the other thing too is like the uh the son character is really cute too yeah a good actor for a kid that was really awesome and the yeah the best parts i think are like the the son and the grandma are definitely the best characters so mm-hmm. i mean if you love grandmas this movie's for you yeah that's for sure uh so let's get into spoilers of minari if you haven't seen it this will ruin some spot plot elements um 
a movie like this, I think, would be really hard for me to write. This is one of those because it's so sprawling. It's mm-hmm. just, it's about the family. It's like you know, at one point it's about the grandma and the son. Another point, it's more about the father. Yeah, and then it like circles and, back and to the family. In no points is it ever about the daughter. Yeah, the daughter, the time. daughter definitely gets kind of put in the back burner, uh, but a strong presence and performance yeah. nonetheless. But yeah, it is. It just has so many different things it explores that really cinch together at the end. It all really ties together, but I think that's where I was like, oh man, this isn't like so much a plot that you're following it's a plot of land you're following (laughs) Uh, but i found that really interesting and fun to watch and made me not sure where it was going to go as it sets up a lot of uh possible turmoil with the the son's heart condition and other things like that yeah i'm just so glad this movie didn't go the route of like horrible racist shit happening to them yeah so, <laughs> really crazy that it sidestepped all these things that i was prepared to be like god this is gonna be like a fucking horror show of mm-hmm. racism or like a uh, grandparent dying or a child dying or something like that yeah and it was like oh thank god and it's weird because like with some of that with the grandparent and the chi- a child dying like it does touch on that stuff it even touches on racism certainly yeah but it kind of does this it always seems to sidestep this stuff in a way like the grandma not so much she's pretty affected by what happens yeah Yeah. um but the heart thing sidestepped yeah and also it is like it's like the reality of it you know you're in your head you think like oh the dramatic effect is like most likely these people are going to die or there's going to be huge racism. But then realistically it's, you know, someone does get a stroke or yeah, it's there, these there's, other things. there's mild racism of like people just misunderstanding your culture and not actually like hating you for who you are. Yeah. And it, that's not necessarily, yeah, it's, it's, it's the reality, which isn't necessarily yeah. good, but it is like, yeah, the, the white boy goes up to him and says like, why is your face so flat? And he's like, want to be friends like he thinks it's interesting yeah. but it's like no this is rude and you should probably learn that but yeah, yeah. but it's there's not hate behind it necessarily so yeah that's why it's like interesting yeah and i do and not to say that you shouldn't uh, and there's not room for those stories and i think in some ways right. it's a lie to to tell certain stories and be like yeah there was no racism to touch on you know it's yeah or like you know you see a movie about uh with women walking home alone at night and you're like no <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah. sorry we Corrupt don't live this, in that world man, clearly yeah like don't show the scene because there's only one outcome but yeah i uh, i do appreciate that this movie it gives its drama in so many other ways like when you realize for a big chunk of it it's can the son get along with the grandma? You're like, God, yes, give me this like little thing that is so important. Let me follow that instead of somebody dying or like getting randomly hit by a car. Basically the, the devil all the time. 
it's Devil the all the time is the fucking worst case scenario of all mm-hmm. things in movies. <laughs> Everything. Oh man. Yeah. So I really, really dug that. Uh, what was your favorite section of it, or like storyline rather? Yeah, I mean, I just loved the relationship with the the son and the grandma. All the like fucking ding dong jokes and stuff. Yeah, she's so funny. She's so fun. Yeah. She's like he makes he slips her his pee and she's like, What's wrong with with drinking a little pee? It's not a big deal. It's funny. Like Yeah, it's like it's so like he, that dad's moment. like bring me the, a stick and then he brings like this little tiny thing mm-hmm. and she's like you're so clever you won she tells him you won no yeah. matter how what happens now you won <laughs> it's it's such a good moment definitely oh you know what else is really funny is how they were all drinking mountain dew constantly <laughs> yeah and said it was the the mountain water from the mountain and it makes you healthy <laughs> yeah. and strong you know, and what was so funny about that is I I do that and we do that with like Korean drinks and Japanese drinks and shit that you're like, oh, look oh. at this. Like this looks herbal and like really good. And then you find out it's just like sugar and milk water. Like, oh, OK, yeah. this isn't so you're like, oh, but it has tea in it. You're like, yeah, but just as much sugar as a mm-hmm. monster energy drink. Yeah, so I thought it was kind of funny to see that reflected in them. Yeah. Of like things yeah, that I've definitely the, done. I was like, dude, a kid with a heart murmur should not be drinking Mountain Dew. No. That's like the worst. <laughs> the worst of all sodas he couldn't drink. <laughs> yeah, there's so many just um, little details like that, like the Mountain Dew. Um, I found it really, this movie made me reflect a lot on just working hard and li- making a life for people you care about just thinking of how long they worked to even get that plot of land yeah like 10 years i think they said yeah i was I was curious like how much money would he get from doing farming on the side i feel like uh it couldn't possibly be that much money yeah i don't really <laughs> i don't can't speak to that but i it's probably not it, it is a volume it was, thing. it was like if it worked it would save them like that's kind of like the idea behind it it seemed yeah. like and i was like could it really <laughs> i don't know different time but like, like the, there's enough but yeah. i think the bank or someone told them like it's in volume and that seems to be the, the case you have to do big volume but uh who knows if yeah, they'll oh, ever another make it thing, the guy that gets him to uh, hire him to work for him his like neighbor or whatever yeah, Paul, I believe. Yeah, the the religious co uh, employee. Yeah, like I love how when he's introduced, you're like, "Whoa, this guy's like kind of unhinged with his uh, religious fanaticism." Mm-hmm. But nothing like terrible comes from it. He's just like a sweet dude. Yeah, it gives you several warnings. The fact that he yeah. lights up upon seeing the kid and then asks to work for him. Like I had the vibes of like, Oh, he just like got interested in the kid. Is that where this yeah. is going to go? Yeah. And then he like, does his just, yeah. Because like, that's the movie cue, right? Is like, yeah, you know, you see it, it could be anybody, 
like, oh, I'm just passing through town. The hot daughter walks out. Actually, I saw your hiring. <laughs> you know, like it felt like that <laughs> right. moment. Uh, but it doesn't play out like that. And then his um, speaking in tongues or whatever. And you're like, okay, is that going to be crazy? But yeah. no, he just exercises their house. <laughs> it's like sick. Yeah, he's just like, I just want to pray for you and drag this cross every Sunday. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, very cool character, though. Like, not something I expected from this movie. And then I'm just like, okay. He's like this an is, anime this character. Is a memorable part of the show, yeah. Like, he does exorcisms, carries a cross all the time. It's very weird, but like charming. A... <laughs> yeah, his, his like, giant glasses were great. He just had a good look to him, too. Yeah, always dirty. Always working. And know, <laughs> knows about farming. Is, like, actually helping uh, yeah. Steven Yeun. Legit helping. There's all these times where he's like, you should do this the American way. And then you kind of think like, oh, that's not really relevant to how he farms. Like, you yeah. don't need to say that. And then it was like, oh, he's just always really actually helping. Yeah, he really meant it. There's nothing. Oh, also when he, uh, when Steven Yoon's character lights up a cigarette, he like freaks out. And yeah. He's like, get that thing away from me. And then it's nothing. Yeah. It's, it's just, just interesting. color yeah, it's to like, his just... character. Yeah, yeah. And they their relationship just gets really uh, cute and interesting. Yeah. You know, you could tell there's, like, this big trust and everything, but there's still, like, s- such a wall and barrier between them <laughs> of just, like, men. Yeah, um, yeah. Grandma, Paul. Uh-huh. trying to think of any of the other side characters. His friend that he sleeps the night at his house and he meets his dad. Oh, yeah, the, the white boy. The like dad, a, yeah. A shitlord guy. That was pretty funny. Yeah, the, just like, tell, make sure to tell your mom I was here last night. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. Trying to give good advice, but you're like, dude, when you look the way you do, <laughs> you can't, no one wants to take your advice. Yeah, telling the kids that uh the previous owner blew his brains out yeah what a great dad here but that's another scene again where you're like oh is this where we're gonna finally get a turn of someone being like racist racist towards them yeah but he's nice fucked up and racist and yeah he's just this nice guy it's like uh. yeah i love it and i wonder if does that what does that show of us what does it show of society i don't know Um, yeah, any anything else with Minari? I mean, it's it's hard to... I'm trying to think of criticism of the movie. I'm trying to think of it. I, I just did enjoy the whole thing. Um, oh, you know, another thing, too, is, like, the, the shit where they're, the grandma's, like, planting the Minari with the kid, and they see the snake, and they're like, oh, it's better to have them in plain sight than hidden. Mm-hmm. And you're like, dude, someone's getting bit by a snake oh, yeah. or something. <laughs> For ever since the daughter says, like, no, mom said there's snakes over there. Don't go over there. You're like, yeah, someone's getting bit by snakes. Yeah. <laughs> I would actually, I would love to dive into some interviews with um, Lee Isaac, was it Lee Isaac Chung, to see 
if that's what he was going for was just kind of like this sense of dread that's barely simmering under the surface yeah because to Which, me it that feels makes purposeful. sense yeah it, it definitely makes sense with the characters just always being on the brink of like are we gonna lose our house and our marriage is falling apart mm-hmm. like everything is terrible around us but we're just trying to survive yeah and almost the, like the who can see that it's terrible and who can't you know like sometimes the characters see things as terrible that we also see as terrible sometimes they don't see it but we do as audience yeah like the scene when the parents are fighting the kids are drawing these like these paper airplanes that say don't fight yeah yeah i was like that's such like a perfect uh kid thing to do when your parents are fighting like yeah yeah great yeah there's so many details this feels super personal you know and i think Mm -hmm. the only like i said i don't know how i'd write a movie like this i think it would have to be just so personal to where it's these beautiful details stringing you along and through and i love how this movie starts with steven yoon buying the house and telling like hey let's all sleep in the living room together on the floor and everyone's like no and then by the end they get that yeah. and it really uh it's a very simple i feel like what the movie is really trying to say is fairly simple like at its deepest heart and that encapsulates mm-hmm. it yeah um cool any final thoughts about minari i think that's it for me Cool. So let's talk about sequels and double features. We did talk a little bit before the show that the uh, sequels actually are very hard in general with a lot of certain types of movies we found. Uh, I do have an idea, though. And it's not even something I would give a shit to see. That's the problem, too, with doing the sequels. Oh, a yeah. cut to 35 years later when the boy is now an adult. Uh-huh. and his parents are old let's see what's life uh, yeah. look like now which luckily it wouldn't be in the future or anything so it's you know it would be like yeah. now so it makes sense true um so that's all i could really think of but yeah a movie like this especially you're like yeah don't no one would ever make a sequel so yeah it's like that's like a betrayal to the director and writer like that's not what they would want this yeah to but can you think of anything yeah i don't i mean other than jokey answers like uh oh if they did uh the sequel is oh guess who's coming to visit us next grandpa oh it's yeah like <laughs> i the grandma's like i've divorced him for a reason and then he's just this like it's it, uncle fester yeah all right, let's uh, get... There's that. Also, oh, you have um, another one. a zombie outbreak happens. <laughs> and, uh, they go to a, a train yeah. to Busan. <laughs> All right. How about double feature? I actually have a good double feature for this. Uh, were you able to think of anything? I cannot think of one. I, I talked about this movie a couple months ago, The Biggest Little Farm. It's a documentary about this these people that try to make a self-sustainable farm. Much like this family here. Uh, So if you kind of want to see 
what happens in real life when people try to just make a farm like just buy land and then be like let's see if we can make a farm it's a great uplifting documentary and it's as like heartwarming as this one so i think it'd be a really good double feature as far as uh like different movies or different styles of movies that are still kind of talking about the same thing and putting you in the same mood yeah That's a good one. Cool, cool. Um, Well, if that's it, then let's wrap it up there. This was our review of Minari. Chris, where can people find you? And what are we looking at possibly in the next coming weeks? Yeah, um, I am Rebirth Project on Twitter. Next week, we actually have some pretty good stuff. Um, Friday... The Disney Plus movie, Raya and the Last Dragon. Awesome. And then also uh, that Chaos Walking finally comes out. with uh, Oh, where men's thoughts are broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's going to be an interesting week. Like always, tweet at us uh, if you have one of those that you think you'd rather uh, have us review. Uh, We want to hear about it. And leave us a review on iTunes. It's very easy right now. If you're on iTunes, or uh, not iTunes, but the the podcast player on iPhone or wherever you're listening, just give it a review. Five stars or write a review. Whatever you want to do. It really helps the show. Also, as of the publication of this episode, the Kickstarter is up for Bottoms Up Hard Liquor, my horror comic. So go check it out. Who knows? By the time you're listening to this, who knows? Maybe it's fully funded already. Maybe it needs your help. But there's nothing you could do more for me than to donate and contribute to this Kickstarter. Because guess what? You'll get comic books out of it. So it's awesome. Uh, So check that out, please. Go check out at Joe Cabello on Twitter or at Cabello Comics on Instagram. And you'll be able to find the link very easily. Chris, any last words before we part? Uh, no, that's that's it for me. <laughs> All right, cowboys and cowgirls, we'll see you next week. Another movie review podcast. At least it's better than a car crash. And we'll do rest some funny ads. Talking movies and having a bliss. It's the beaded podcast. It's the Beaded Podcast It's the Beaded Podcast